Hi everyone, welcome to Dua Bule, our very first podcast from Jakarta. I'm Bryce Green. And I'm Eliza Harvey. And I think it's really important, Bryce, to explain what is Dua Bule. Well, how do I begin? Because I've been agonising over what we call this podcast. <laughs> I've been thinking about it long and hard. I want it to be something, I don't know, I want it to be something catchy. So my wife who's Indonesian, suggested do a bule, and I scoffed at it. <laughs> I then messaged her a sister. Very risky thing yeah, to do. I did. I then messaged her sister, and uh, like independent of her, uh, and asked what she thought we should call it. And I no joke, she also said do a bule when I explained who was involved. And then they told you that idea, and you loved it. And I feel now I've just stuck. It's just stuck. Do a bule to white people. Yeah. It's it's simple, it's catchy, <laughs> and it's a great way to describe who we are. I'm here, I've been here for three months um, with my husband Adam and my two-year-old son Sean. Adam is the ABC's correspondent with Samantha Hawley, and uh, that's what's brought me to Big Durian, aka Jakarta. I've been here for two years, or almost two years, uh, living here, um, but coming on and off for about nine now, so nine years. My wife and I met in Australia, both studying journalism in Perth at Curtin University. And, um, yeah, so we got married a few years ago and after living in Australia, she'd been in Australia for 12 years, we decided to make the move back to Jakarta. So as we're planning to explore in this podcast, Jakarta is a very complex sometimes difficult, always fascinating place to live, as I'm sure you're finding out. Look, that's right. It's been, at times, a very long three months, um, whether it's trying to push our little pram through the uneven footpaths of Jakarta or the intense sun at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, none of this should have been a surprise to me, but to be honest, it was, because my only experience of Indonesia before we arrived in Jakarta was Bali. And, of course... It's nothing like Bali. Indonesia is a massive country. It's huge with lots of different sub-dialects of language and um, lots of different attitudes towards life. So when you arrive in Jakarta, uh, there's no green space in sight. There's certainly no beaches in sight. And it, it is its own beast. And yet in the last three months, I've struggled with it. And I really feel now that I'm starting to make it my home. Yeah, I, I think my experience of Indonesia is probably, it's a little bit different because it was of Jakarta before anywhere else. Mm. So I'd never been to Bali. The thought of going to Bali, I think, uh, Bali has a very, um, how would you describe it? There's a certain perception of Bali in Australia by by a lot of Australians, mostly because of the way some of us carry on there. But um, so so I was never that interested in going to Bali and had had not much interest in Indonesia until I met my girlfriend, now wife. But my first experience of Indonesia was Jakarta. So um, all the chaos and craziness and excitement and everything that makes up Jakarta was uh, I experienced before I ever went to Bali. So, so yeah, it's, I think we're coming at it from different places, which will be interesting. But one of the things we want to do in this podcast is obviously talk to people who call Jakarta home um, to, um, I don't know, maybe... Um, give, us, uh, give an insight into how people do live in this city because it, it is a tough city to live in. For instance, it would take most Indonesians at least an hour and a half to two hours to get to work or to get to university in the morning. Yeah, and if that happened in Australia... It'd be front page news. Yeah. Well, I, I think I definitely have a love-hate relationship with the city. Um, yesterday it was hate, but today today it's love. And it, that's kind of part of the complexity of living here. I think it's 
there are so many people from all across Indonesia, from you know as far away as Papua to Aceh, who've come to Jakarta to try and make a living in this massive heaving city. Mm. That's just—it's never boring. It's always interesting. It can be frustrating, but I think. I'd, you know, not many Australians would come to Jakarta. And so I think if we can talk to the people that have grown up here, then I think maybe we can help, yeah, I don't know, create some interest, mm. contribute to a bit of a bit of understanding. And bring it to People life. to people ties. <laughs> the Aussie Embassy loves P to P ties. P to P ties. Yeah. As long as we can bring some acronyms to Dua Bule, we'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But look, our first guest on Dua Bule is Jefflyn Wendiardi. And she has been... Uh, she's she was my first Indonesian friend, uh, and I say was because she's leaving us. She's yeah. going to Melbourne. How dare she? How dare <laughs> she leave us? She's going to Melbourne to do a linguistics course at University of Melbourne. So, I mean, most people don't do linguistics courses. What she's, was she? What yeah. is she thinking? But she's terrific, uh, and she has helped me um, have a little bit of Bahasa Indonesia, which has really brought this city to life for me. Uh, and Bryce, you've had a long connection to Jeplin. Yeah, well, she had had a fair bit of work to do with me because I came here and I was I could understand Indonesian really well, but I just didn't have the confidence to speak it. And most of what I knew was Jakarta slang. Anyway, so, no, she's been fantastic. Our lessons basically have turned into having a cup of coffee at a coffee shop for an hour once a week and me paying for the privilege. Um, so, yeah, but so I'm, we're very sad to be, we're very sad, I should say, for Jevlin to be leaving us. But uh, we thought before she goes, she needs to, to give us one last lesson in Bahasa Indonesia, I think. Hi, everyone. I'm Jevlin. I'm an Indonesian language tutor. So I've been teaching Indonesian language for now, it's about like six and a half years. So yeah, it's been very wonderful, interesting, unforgettable experience teaching uh, foreigners. How did you get into it? Um, before I was uh, a student in Atmajaya University, and then I graduated in 2009, and then the, they have a language center, and they provide the Indonesian language. So at that time, uh, my coordinator said, oh, you should join us. So I said, yeah, why not? So started from 2009, then my coordinator said, oh, probably you should try teaching Indonesian language. So that's the first time experience also for me teaching Indonesian language. So starting from then, then I become Indonesian language teacher and then teaching like mostly also diplomats, exchange students, uh, expatriates, expatriates, like a business expatriates, like mostly... Asians like from Japan, Korean, and the diplomats usually from Singapore, Australia, um, United States. So yeah, and also exchange students. So Jeff, tell us what's the difference between teaching Australians and teaching students from other Asian countries? <laughs> it's very funny when you mention like Australia when. Actually, Australia, yes, is in, in Asia, but most Indonesian always think Australia is somewhere in the West. Australian actually is very funny. We are like, I find it like we have a very sense of humor, just as like click, okay. But uh, and very relaxed. So Australians and Indonesians click. Click like in 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 the sense like humor, just like very funny, and then not offended easily. You know, just like chill, relax. Well, sometimes too relax is not good as a student. <laughs> because, but compared to like the Asians, probably I can give an example like Korean and Japanese. So we have the same structure for like teaching and learning. So we can just like go straight two hours doing exercise grammar, grammar and then exercise, exercise grammar. But 
it's not applicable for the, the, the not the Western culture, but like in, in the Western, uh, you know, uh, education system. So let me ask a practical question then. If you're teaching someone Indonesian from scratch, where do you begin? Mm. You know, how do you give them an understanding of the language and where might you kind of start? Oh, okay, so for... I really love teaching actually the, the uh, students from beginner, like zero background of Indonesian language, for, like for example with, with Liz. So Eliza, she doesn't have any background of Indonesian, so the first thing is it's just like toddler. You have to learn the sound. So it's like the, the yeah, across yeah, yeah. that language. Yes, the, the, A, the, the, the ABC things, the, the, yeah, it's the syllables and just like that. For me personally, as a teacher, like for an Indonesian language teacher, I really want my students to be able to speak correctly, to say the words correctly. So you're talking about almost accents and pronunciation. That's the biggest challenge. Yes. What about the two? I I would identify the two letters that are hardest for Australians, hardest for me to say, is R and G. Mm. And T, three. So do I pronounce so? Er is R. T is te. Yep. And G is get. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> spot on. That's, how, yeah, that that's took a... about, what, three hours? Yeah, but that's, that's okay. So, I, yes, I always say that. But, yeah, you know, like in a funny way, I was just like, well, this is a brainwash class. So, you know, <laughs> it's okay. Probably you will feel like, oh, why I'm doing like a stupid like toddler. But that, that's language. This is the first language. So in order to be able to laugh at your own mistake, then it's also the first time, so you feel like oh, comfortable when you pronounce like like G, not G, 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 G. It's just like we took like probably an hour, right, Liz, in our first class, just to be able for Liz uh, to pronounce correctly. So that's my 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 point of view. But every teacher has different approach. And so then, what are the? I think one of the things that I certainly found was that I, I, because I'm translating in my head from. Mm-hmm. In, uh, from English to Indonesian. So I'm wanting to add a whole heap of words that aren't necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm translating directly. So what are some of the challenges for someone who's got English as their basis when they're trying to learn Indonesian? What are the kind of things that you address? I always tell my students that I understand that English is your first language. It's, it's helpful in some points, but not all. It's very funny because most of students, when they understand about the, the, the word, they, they, they know, now they know the word, they understand this, and then they try to make it very complicated sentence. And I said, simplify your language, okay? So instead of saying like something, uh, yesterday I went, take an example like this. So they put tenses, okay? Yesterday I went to the market to buy uh, uh, fruit. And I said, well, that's English. And then when they try to translate, this is the beginner class. They try to translate using yesterday, and then I went, and then they stop. What is went? We don't have that. Just simplify your sentence. Yesterday I go because we don't have tenses, for example, like that. I always tell my students, just make your sentence simple. Just like toddlers. You see kids speaking English, try to speak like that. Super simple. And then first, yes, you can translate one by one. First, but I never recommend to the higher level to translate the, the language because English is a very is direct language and Indonesian is indirect language. So it's totally different. So whoever who's studying to learn passive sentence and they were just like, oh, this is crazy. I just, I just cannot understand. Can you, can you give us an example of what's the difference between a passive and an active sentence? It's interesting. So for example, if English, you always say I. 
I, I she, I want, I, I want to buy this. I, I want to buy the book. I. Even you look at Indonesia uh, in in English language, you put I in capital letter, right? But Indonesian, we always put like you and the thing, the object. Anda is the capital letter. So the way of perspective that it changed your perspective of looking at the language is totally changed your behavior and also your behavior toward learning the language. So for example, like I want to buy the book, but in Indonesia it will say that the book I want to buy. Yeah. So it sounds like a broken English. I always tell my students, well, after having the class with me for like two months, three months, your English probably broken <laughs> because you try now in your head, they try to process new language. But yeah, in the linguistics uh, uh, terms, in the, in the linguistic theory, that's what happened. You try to code switching. You try to switch from English to Indonesian word by word. So yeah, things like that. People talk about the Indonesian being an easy language to learn. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Uh, I think in terms like for the beginning beginner and then the understanding of the concept of Indonesian language, yes, because in the pattern, in the sentence structure, yes, it's just similar like English. But in terms like in the context, in the discourse thing, it's it's more complicated, and we we add more nuance in the in the language itself. So sometimes when uh, people learn Indonesian, the beginner they will say, well, it's it's easy. And then they try to learn, learn more to intermediate and then go to advanced. Probably in a formal way, it's, I don't think it's difficult for, for if you follow in a formal pattern. But the most difficult is because Indonesian people, we talk in informal way. In slang. In slang. I've got a question for you about Bryce because I think (laughs) (laughs) I've got a few questions actually about Bryce. No, but because Bryce um, has such a great understanding Mm, of mm. of uh, Indonesian, I look on and I just think, oh my god, you're so you're so advanced. But how is it different to? I don't think I am though. No, but I think that because you live with Christina and you've got such a big Indonesian family network, you're Mm, mm. you know so much more advanced than somebody like me who's just come you know with very with with no background knowledge Mm. so are you when you speak to somebody who's a a bully Mm -hmm. who has got a really good level of base Mm -hmm. knowledge Mm -hmm. how do you go about are you trying to deal with grammar or how are you going about sort of trying to perfect somebody who's got what are my biggest problems, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. How would you talk about Bryce's okay. diligence? It's in- interesting because, so back to the first point that I made before, it's back on the purpose. So I will ask Bryce, so Bryce, so what's the purpose of, of having the, the, the class? Oh, I just want to be able to, to, to be more confident to talk to people like in the, st- in the street or like in the office. Oh, just in the street. So, okay, just keep it like this. For, for example, like Bryce, because he has lots of vocabulary and it's, it's informal it's slang but no problem for me i will not fix that because the purpose is he wants to be able to speak with the indonesian people in general mm. but for for example diplomats he wants to speak he wants to be able to speak or to translate the document f- from indonesian government or he wants to be able to read the newspaper of course i have to fix that or at least I'm not fixing, but I have to inform. I have to tell them, oh, that's the slang way. But, but actually, in f- formal way, we will say like this and with this. So I will explain. But with Bryce, when I explain too much, it will not go inside his brain because she, he will not use it. He will not use it's it. It's hard to get he in will, there. Yeah, It's really will. hard to break through. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you will not. It is the same thing like, like, like when you 
attach a lot of things when for example just imagine like someone you know wearing this t-shirt and you said oh you need this attribute you need this and you need extra accessory you need this but actually you don't need that we would we would call that information overload information overload then 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 if if it happens Bryce will say oh Indonesian just like very difficult just too complicated then Mm. it's just like I will discourage my students to learn the language so So tell us about the Australian accent what is the most (sighs) difficult thing to deal with oh it's very difficult so um, it takes time even for me to understand full even up until now I, I never said that I understand fully 100% the, the accent the Australian accent why because my background why I grow up here and then I watch most of Hollywood movie which is American accent mm. and then so also in university I learn English but also using American books mm. and I mean, American English is, American is English. the dominant yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like in yeah. terms of English language in Indonesia yeah. So when I my first experience with Australian students is I had this uh, exchange to the ACTIS program probably the, the Australian must know this the ACTIS program and then inside the classroom there are ten or twelve Australian and New Zealanders in one class and we totally find it hard to understand New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> so that's okay. I will just like I will just keep. Pardon, sorry, could you repeat? Sorry, could you? And then this is... Oh, is it the accent or is it, is the, it the phrasing? What's an example? Is it, is oh, it because it's so it. flat? And we don't... For instance, one... Uh, Jevlin and I share a, a love of salmon. It's but salmon. but I would say salmon. Salmon, mate. Salmon. A Sa- salmon bagel. <laughs> and Jevlin would say... Salmon. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, that, that thing. And then it's like, huh, what? So, this is difficult. So yeah, yeah. For example, like that, I just find it. What about like, phrasing? What are some, phrasing of, the, what also, are some yes. of the Australian phrases that you've learned? We, oh. can, we can work through it. What did the Aussie? Oh, can I just say well, I mean, one of the main ones I've had to teach is far out. Far out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and far I don't know, like, see, I don't get the sense, like, how far funny. out. It is how, how like, it's appropriate, and I just don't get the sense. What do you, what you, know do you think it means when you first heard it? Probably when you're upset, and then you just want to say, Ugh. Well, that's frustrated. That's pretty much right, isn't it? And, yeah. and, and, how did you explain it? I said it's a midpoint between swearing and between going, oh, wow, that's interesting. So it could be, oh, far out. God, far out. Did you see the APC outside Yusuf Carla's house? Uh, and what? So, so Far out. So, oh, that's interesting, or... Far out! I nearly fell off my OJEC. Yeah. So because oh, I also because I worked in Australian Embassy before, so yeah, and then so when Liz told me about that the far out thing, so I what I did it I observed to my Australian colleague, so and yes they did. Far they out. Said they said far, far out. out. And then I was like, oh, they they said that oh, so in this context. So I was just like just yeah. just observe. So the same thing, I will also tell my students, when you don't understand about, and you don't have to understand about a lot of things, but the best, but the best basic learning is observe. So I just observe in the, in the office when my colleagues, the Australian colleagues, they will just say, oh, far out. And I was like, oh, in what context? Oh, okay. What else so what else is there? Yeah, what else is there? Far out. Far out's a good one, actually. Far I think probably this one is not good. I also hear a lot about, hear a lot about bugger. Bugger. Yeah. A bugger. <laughs> how did you? How would you explain bugger? I mean, bugger. that's kind of bugger. like a, so, it's a soft swear now. word. Yeah, but it but it has a rude base. Like it's yeah. not. It's probably unwise in Jevlin's first linguistics <laughs> course in Melbourne to just to say kind of bugger. Pull it out. 
Bugger. And it's also there's that Australian accent again because it accent because it's got an er on the end, but we say bugger. Bugger. See? Bugger. Bug bugger. Or so I also say bugger because like you I say bugger. Bugger. No. So bugger. can you ima- imagine when probably people will think it's what? What do you mean bugger? Like you want burger? <laughs> Okay. Burger, right. bugger. We've got it. This is a great list. So we've got far out. We've got bugger. What else? What else is there? Uh, what else? I really. I, oh, but I really love the phrase that Liz told me. Uh, she taught taught me about uh, abusive uh, abuse, the privilege. Yeah. So I'd say, if, but that's it's sort of it's not very but colloquial. It's not but it's abuse more, the privilege. Yeah, like yeah. if it's somebody don't abuse the privilege. Yeah, it's just 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 like oh, it looks cool. Uh, and I've spoke, uh, but that that wouldn't be said kind of regularly. I mean. I do come from a family with a lot of very strange phrases, <laughs> but uh, I've uh, a whole lot of things along the, the, about about joking. Like you're kidding. You're kidding. Okay, not, I, I can understand you're, you're kidding. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're not You've serious. You've got to be joking. What a joke. That's that's. Or what about my favourite Gen Y one? That's totes ridic. Tots. Most, Here we go. Most deaf. Most deaf. And then even totes even deaf. in my office, this is my dearest friend Ben. He told me to say a porcupine. Yeah. A porcupine. porcupine. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a good one. A lie. Uh, yeah. Hmm. It is a porcupine thing. But I, I well, tried well, to that, use that's it. That's kind of rhyming porky. slang, yeah. obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of rhyming slang in Australia. Yeah, yeah. it's a rhyming. needs to know before she goes. Well, this is one we were talking about before, but two pot screamer. Mm. Two this pot is one screamer. that you've, you've also learnt. Yes, from Liz. Yeah. <laughs> See what I give back? See yeah. This, yeah. This we have the I feel like you're languages. learning a lot and we're just polluting Jeflin's mind prior to have moved to Australia. That is, that is correct. I mean, rhyming slang's like a whole... Um, uh, it's like a whole other area. Mm. Um, Subgenre. Yeah, I just remember about the, 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 the porcupine thing. I think because it's funny. A porcupine What, what if you want to say about the, the, the sauce? Dead horse or something? Dead horse, yeah, dead yes. Horse. So if it, we've shared with you a couple of good ones. Can you give us a couple of Indonesian... Yes. A couple of Indonesian phrases, something along the same line, <laughs> that if we were to use that in our everyday life here in Jakarta, <laughs> it, you know, people would think okay. we were cool. Nod, yeah. Okay, so usually like we have, uh, probably not that, they, that the rhyming things, but we have like slang, But so this is the slang. We will say people like, for example, like Jayus, Jayus is some someone who tries to make like funny story, but it's not funny. And then instead of like, like having, <laughs> I think loser is I think loser is very strong, but <laughs> I think loser is stronger than Jayus. Jayus is his, you know, it's like a dry funny, a dry fun. But you can just say, ha ha, Bryce, that's Jayus. Yeah. That's that's a good like that's you nice try, but it's not it's funny. Jayus lu. Jayus lu, yeah. Jayus banget. Nowadays, uh, it's also we have baper. Baper is bawa perasaan. Baper means oh, don't be baper. Jangan jangan baper lah. Baper is just like when you put your emotions on something. Like for example, you just getting emotional and then so wearing your heart on your sleeve kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like getting emotional over things that are yeah, unnecessary. Unnecessary, exactly. Oh, don't be baper. Or for example, like uh, it's, it's farewell and then you almost cry and then probably your friends say oh, don't cry. But Instead of saying don't say jangan baper, or probably you getting emo like emotional like upset about something about the work and then ah udah jangan baper baper means bawa perasaan it's like it's there's no bap there's no such thing as baper two years ago three years ago it's Apa just baper baper what is it bawa perasaan bawa is carry perasaan is feeling so, so you carry your feelings so it's so it's sort of don't 
don't be so emotional. Yeah, don't be so right, emotional. Okay. Emotional, anything like sad, angry, upset. Jangan baper. Jangan baper. Okay. And again, mager. Mager. Mager is malas gerak. When you're very lazy to move, when you like sit on the couch, and then you just want to play with your iPhone, and then you're just like, oh, you know, like you say. Oh, this morning, like my friend just like texts me saying, "Oh, this morning I was very mager. Gua mager banget nih." Yeah. yeah. But I'm sure not everyone understand what's mager because I think it's slang like from Jakarta people, like the orang Jakarta. Jakarta peeps. Jakarta, Jakarta does have its own slang, quite quite a strong. Quite strong, mm-hmm. yeah. Because you can go to other places in, Indo- for, in Indonesia and they like the word dong, dong, ya dong, gue dong. I think it's only used like in in in, in Jakarta, but why I find it interesting because my cousin like she's in Surabaya she lived in Surabaya and then but she's studying in Jakarta but she said when she was in Surabaya nobody used dong nobody used kan ya but when she's in Jakarta and most of her friends saying dong but yeah takes years and then she understand how to use dong so yeah so I was like oh really I thought dong is just like used in <laughs> In, in like like in, in in Java or like in Indonesian, no 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 no, dong is only like in most Jakarta peeps use the dong. I think you need to add a bit of dong to your. Like, <laughs> dong like, dong. I don't even know where to put uh, dong, dong in the sentence. <laughs> dong is it is very funny because most bullies they try to use slang and they always this is the funniest thing is when they try they put effort to use dong. Do you know what that would make me a try hard, which is oh there's another uh, word uh, try hard a, yeah try hard try hard yeah. Which means, you, you, yeah, you're trying too hard. You're, um, which, you know, it's... It's, it's quite, it's, it's, you're uncool. It's, yeah, you're, you're uncool. You're doing things that are unnecessary. You're trying too you're hard. You're a try-hard. I mean, you're a try-hard. That probably wouldn't be said. No, I recommend my students not, 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 not to add when they... Yeah, dong. They try, yeah. <laughs> because, so, yeah, yeah, no, probably that one is yeah, correct. Dong. But People just laugh at me here. But also, it also. I I think when you hear a lot of bullies use the word dong here, it's quite it's quite harsh. It's like dong, as opposed to yadong, which is like a softer. Because there's an intonation as well. Yadong. Where 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 is it's like people just throw the old like dong. It's just it sounds too hard. Dong. Okay, let me explain this. Dong has no meaning in a grammatical context. It doesn't have meaning right. but it gives emotion uh, in the sentence right. okay it's just like putting emoji in a whatsapp message oh, yeah, okay. you know right. with something but using dong for example like when my I say, usage of boom like something good happens like a boom no 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 but dong is you can use you cannot just use dong dong is an article so it must attach with a sentence so for example if I say oh so you're going you're going to this to the party tonight and then you say yeah dong <laughs> like oh duh like duh. Oh, I'm not doing this at all. No 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 no. Yeah, Liz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in I mean obviously in in Australia dong has another connotation. Yeah. Which makes. What what does it mean? <laughs> it means it's a it's a male body part. <laughs> it's it's slang for a male body yeah. part dong. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So don't say that. Did you not know that? No, don't use. No, now don't I use, know. Don't use dong don't in Melbourne. Don't use dong in Melbourne. So how can my students, my Australian students, learn? Oh no, probably I can understand why my Aussie students really like having like like L or L in the class when they learn when you say about dong. dong. Yeah. Yeah. When they and then they just love and they love using dong in wrong intonation in wrong sentences. Just make me like hilarious. And I'm sorry, I've got the giggles. <laughs> Totally hilarious. This is obviously why you've never raised dong in our um, 
in our lessons because you don't think I'm mature enough to use it. <laughs> no, because no, immature. it's it's not yet. You know, because dong, you know, in 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 terms like in a language uh, level, dong can see particle. It should be taught like for advanced level because they understand the, the context. All right, so, we've yeah. got to wrap it up. We've got to wrap it up. I would like to... You're about to move to Melbourne mm-hmm. to do a linguistics course, which I'm totally in awe of because I think that would be... In, I'm totes in awe of that <laughs> because I still can't really use English well. But what I want to know is what will you miss from Big Durian? Oh, a lot. A lot. The people, you know. I think I think I can understand when, when um, foreigners, like they come to Jakarta the first time and they look at people here like smiling and then... Just like, yeah, it's just nice, you know. And then they're just very helpful. When you're just like in the street and you get lost, well, some people try to help you, although sometimes it's not right. They don't tell you the right direction. But the willingness, they're just like being kind and sincere. Hmm. And definitely the food. I will I will miss the food. And I will miss the transport, you know, the, the busway and the gojek, the grab bike things. Yeah, cheap things. I feel like I feel like we've just scratched the surface of Indonesian language. Mm. We need to we maybe need to speak to you via Skype huh. for some future podcasts because I feel <laughs> like we've teach us we've a done a bit of you. language exchange here and I think we've covered some really <laughs> crucial areas particularly around the use of dong. No. <laughs> but I feel like there's so much more. So maybe hopefully in the future we yes, can Skype yes, you yes, and yes, and perhaps sure. we can check on how your yes. Australian uh, lingo is going living yeah. in Melbourne. So same thing. Say it applies also to me. So I will observe the Aussie English hmm. when I'm when I'm there. You know. But thanks to you, both you you teach me the far out things. But let me check. <laughs> let me check if the Melbournean they use far out. Just drop it in conversation it every now and then. Yeah. Someone tells you something. Did you say that traffic jam? Far out. <laughs> but you won't say that in Melbourne. You won't say that in Melbourne. <laughs> And so, yeah, I, I will be careful using to use dong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you might find yourself in the lockup before too long. <laughs> That's good. All right, Jeff right. and Wendy thank you very much for thank being you. part of our first podcast. <laughs> thank you. And semoga berhasil. <laughs>